Okay. Okay, so we are live now. So Hello. thank you for joining Michelle. Um, You're more we're than just welcome. We're just going to wait for the audience to build. Um, I know I can guess who your first um, viewer is going to be today. Um, I could be wrong, but he's been um, so excited about getting you on to whether it's the EA podcast or whether it's me doing a lunchtime learning for um, with you. So um, can you guess? Can you guess I, who it is? I, I'm going to go for Tom McGee because he's asked me for ages why I've not been in the podcast yet. So um, when Tom does tune in, hello, Tom. There you go. And this, is this is especially for you, Tom. And, and more importantly, ah, Andrea, we were wrong. How are you? <laughs> okay, thanks for joining us for five, House 5 today. So please, Michelle, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm really grateful for your time. I know that things have been absolutely crazy through for you. Um, in lockdown and yes. after lockdown, um, record amount of sales, record amount of market appraisals, things have got absolutely crazy. So to give half an hour of your time, really, really grateful. So thanks very much. Hi, Andy Overman, thanks for joining us. Oh, hello, Andy. Um, please like it, share it, because Michelle's gonna share so many amazing tips and secrets as to what makes her and JDG such exceptional agency. So firstly, let me introduce you. So Michelle is the sales director at JDG in Lancaster and Morecambe. You've been there for 20 years. The agency's yep. been going for 30 years. You have and your business has sold over 9,000 properties in that time, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so again, thanks very much for joining us. Here go a few people watching you. So thanks Jeremy <laughs> Tyler for joining um andy overman can't believe you got michelle on lunchtime learnings before she peed on the podcast you just gotta ask andy you just gotta know how to ask andrea or oh, dull and wet in five that's a shame um zoe boots will be making an appearance um but if you can get your dogs on that'd be great and talking about dogs um i'm going to talk a lot about content and stuff um and our good friends i'm sure you know do you have you come across neil giller yes so neil put on a post on facebook he's got a dog called sidders yes, um, i said hello to sidders or boots did that's lovely but what was really interesting and we talk about engagement and we talk about engagement neil got over last time i looked 340 comments talking about dogs you know obviously you talk a lot about boots everybody knows boots first question zoe asks is where is boots <laughs> um so big question is should estate agents take their dogs to work and have dogs definitely 100 percent. there you go you um, heard it here first why yeah why okay so it was an unexpected bonus for us one you have a much calmer team um, they talk to Boots as if she's a human being, they play with Boots, um, she relaxes everybody. But secondly of all, and obviously this is pre-COVID days, we had opened our policy, Boots was the office meet and greeter. Um, she just ran to customers, she's got a very special swim across the floor. She rolls over a belly bean stroke and completely blocks the entrance, which meant customers had no choice but to say hello to Boots. And then all of a sudden they were relaxed. 
and the conversation with the client was completely different because they would ask, say to Boots, what's your name then? Well, of course, Boots can't answer for herself. He'd say, <laughs> this is Boots. And then they'd say, what sort of dog is Boots? And he'd say, she's a Cavapuchon. And then they'd say, a what? So you'd have a conversation. And then would say, so how can I help you? And all of a sudden, they just open up fully. So total icebreaker. Yeah, Boots is our secret weapon. Brilliant. Okay, um, not, so, also... not, so, not so secret now. <laughs> Tom McGee's <laughs> going to tell the whole world. So he's going to yeah, tell the whole go. world. <laughs> but the thing is, you can also, I mean, we've had instructions and two of our largest fee instructions came from taking Boots out to the castle every lunchtime for her business. And other dog walkers get to see each other walking around, say hello, and they actually led to valuations. But the conversations had already been had beforehand from a dog-to-dog -dog owner, which meant we're the only estate agent going. Yeah, amazing. And you know, going back to Neil, I love the engagement he got on the post. It was absolutely incredible. So again, you know, looking at Facebook and looking at um, how people view dogs and cats. I think you've got a cat as well, haven't you? I have, Nelson. Nelson, do they get on well? Um, to be fair, Boots sees Nelson as a plaything and pushes him around. Um, but Nelson is actually an outdoor cat, not through my choice, his. Um, apparently, because I'm in a glass house, he's scared of his own reflection. Um, so the vet at the time of diagnosing him basically said, get some outdoor comfy places for him. But yeah, they get on. Boots just pushes him around. He lets her. Okay, so brilliant. So tell us a little bit about your how you got into agency in the first place and a little bit okay. about your background, please. <laughs> okay, I never set off to be an estate agent. Um, basically, I was the property guide manager, so I rang the property guide for the Lancaster Morecambe newspaper. Um, John was classed as one of the most difficult clients the newspaper had, but that's a different story. Um, but we met. I became John's, obviously, newspaper advert person, um, helped him redesign his logo for his company back in 2001, ended up going out for dinner with him to discuss his logo design because he gave me no time to get things done. Um, and then basically one thing led to another. Um, he lost me my job at the newspaper. They moved me off property into motors because of conflicts of interest. I hated motors, so he got me an interview because he felt responsible with a well-known Lake District company who said I would make a great typist. My admin shocking, my spelling's worse. So John went, mm, that's probably not the best job for her, and then said, do you want to come work for me? And I said, what if it doesn't work out? And he said, but what if it does? And that's basically how I became an estate agent. He spent nine months training me um, to become the valuer. So I was very lucky. I kind of came in at valuation level um, and he basically handed his role across to me. And okay. the rest is history. Okay. So what's it like um, working as a husband and wife team then? Oh, best ask John that one. Um, he might have a different answer to me. Um, to be fair, you know, it's absolutely great. You know, um, you've got to bear in mind because we're a high volume estate agent, I'm, I mean, I know it's different now post-COVID, you know, because we're both working from home quite a lot. But 
in the office environment, normally I'm out of the office. Um, so in the morning, you know, we talk about the day. Um, I'm busy preparing for the day. He's in a different office. And then I'm out for at least four or five hours of that day. You know, yeah, we travel in the car to work together. We travel home together. Um, I might grab a butty at lunchtime with him, whatever lunchtime is. could be three o'clock for 10 minutes. But otherwise, we're kind of just passing the building. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's like the odd little challenge. You know, there's ideas that I want to do which cost money. And I would probably spend every penny I had on the latest idea where John's that rain behind me pulling me back. But you need that, you know, yin and yang. Um, I'm the fluffy person. So I'm wittering on. John always says, why use a hundred words when one will do? I will use the hundred, he will use the one. Um, but you know, it works. Brilliant. As Tom McGee says, a modern day fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't quite call it that, you know, but um, yeah, it, it, it works. It works well for us, you know. Um, John doesn't get very rarely involved in my side of the business unless I need him. I mean, he, he's got eyes in the back of his head. He can listen to four conversations at once. Um, he's just told me this morning, I've done three virtual valuations. I've started to use an annoying phrase quite a lot. And he says it's annoying him sat in the, he's in the cinema room working. It's going to annoy the customers because I keep on saying, you know. And apparently he's at a little table this morning. And I think I've said it 27 times in three conversations. But I need that to be then remind me to oh, don't do that. And it helps improve me. So let's give some Michelle loads of loving here. Loads of <laughs> hearts, loads of hearts and loads of likes. Um, you talked about virtual appraisals and virtual valuations. So obviously you know strange times and went into lockdown and um, what changes did you make um during lockdown and you know obviously after coming out what have you done okay um when and this is probably the good thing about the marriage so when when lockdown happened john we were in, in february we were in portugal and john thought then that we were going to get lockdown in the uk so whilst I thought he was being a bit exaggerated, um, he was obviously right. Um, he started making plans. I'm thinking that we might get locked down, you know, with Great Britain. Um, obviously, it happened, and he let me have um, one day to do the phone the friend, call the parents, all that kind of thing. And then day two, he basically said, "Right, you set up your computers there, your phones there, get back to work." And I was like, "Really?" what work um but you know um a combination of john pushing me into that and also luke st Clair. he designed the flyer for the virtual valuation with the whatsapp and the zoom um so i kind of knew what i had to do through john sort of saying we've got customers that need attention we've still got to make sure we're marketing um and i looked a lot at towards the Austra what the australians were doing because they'd been locked down earlier um, and the combination of the Australians, Luke and my husband's kick up the backside to say, get cracked on, um, got me where we are now. And we started with a virtual valuation literally on week one. It was hilarious. But nobody knew what to expect, um, especially the customer. 
And the good thing is the attitude out there, especially then was, we're all in this together. You know, and I said to customers, you know, you are my first or one of my first. Um, and now I'm, what, 14, 15 weeks in and I'm still valuing virtually. You're not doing physical at all, face to face? Very few. Um, this week, I've got 27 valuations, I think, booked in. And I think three of them are face to face. Wow. So what do, um, how do you overcome vendors who say they want face-to-face -face, or are you just not offering that at the moment? Because that's really interesting. And what would be interesting to know is um, what your conversion rate is as well. Okay, so my, I did 88 appointments last month um, and I converted at 60% exactly. Wow, that's exceptional. I lost, I, I lost four instructions to date and the rest are still outstanding. Um, those that I've lost, three of them are to fees which are half priced of me, and one is to an estate agent which charges nothing free. Okay. Um, so how we're doing it is when we take the valuation call coming in, um, or when we're following up leads, you know, whether it's a right move lead or a, um, a Valpal lead, is that we automatically say, just to let you know the new way we're doing it because of COVID-19. If you get the objection, i.e. they don't have a smartphone, the house is empty and the 4G signal is rubbish because we do have that issue in parts of the town, um, or it's a tenant in the property, or somebody who's maybe old, so I had a blind couple last month who's now listed, how can they do a virtual valuation? They're both blind. Um, so then we'll attend. But most people understand um when it's booked in i do send a introduction video email letting them know how it works the reasons behind why i'm doing it so it's very soft self-explanatory the importance of keeping them safe and their home because your home is your safe place and that until they've chosen the state agent to work with it'd be wrong to have loads of agents trail through the door and i can spend more time with them on a virtual valuation than I can in real life. You know what? That's your. The, we had uh, Frank Webster was a guest last week, and again okay. he mentioned he mentioned about um, having a safe roof. You know, having a roof over your head um, and it being safe. Um, and it's you know interesting that you've come up with exactly the same expression as well about home is a place where you feel safe and you feel comfortable and you feel secure. Um, um, you know, some of the um, comments coming in here now. So, Zoe, wow, wow, wow. Jim Parker's 60% conversion is brilliant. Um, are they good margins fees, which we come to? Um, I can't believe you did 80 plus appraisals, lost four, and we're having a shock about we're losing the four last week. You must have very high expectations. So, we'll, we'll talk about your high expectations in a sec if you feel comfortable doing it. Yes. Um, but just to answer um, Jim's question margins and fees, are they good? So, I mean, we can talk about fees. Um, have you managed to get your fees up? Yes. Um, so, a lot of this is probably actually down to you, Stephen, and the group, because um, obviously I'm Thank part you. of your mastermind group. So when I very first joined the group, Stephen had us write down a piece of paper what our average fee was um, and to put it in a safe place. And mine was just over £1,800 offhand. I think it was 
Um, to at be the exact. Moment... You forgot what Ben is. What's the matter with you, Michelle? <laughs> I'd have to go find that piece of paper. Um, but at the moment, it's just over two and a half thousand pounds. Um, my, we are one and a half percent fee agent. So whilst that doesn't sound a lot to some agents, maybe if you're watching from down south, um, you know, a lot of our houses are one hundred fifty thousand, one hundred seventy thousand. You know, very few. Well, for example, ninety eight percent of all sales last year were under five hundred thousand pounds in my area, um, and over eighty percent of them were under two hundred fifty thousand. And that's as a region, not just us. Okay. So it's um, huge, huge, huge turnover. Yes, we we and we need the turnover to be able to do it. You know, we're not a fine and country. We can sell a couple of houses in a month, and that's that's not our market and it's not our area. Okay, so um, you have high expectations then. Yeah, which is um, not a, which is a good thing. Doesn't everybody? Okay going to win every you're going to win is your expectation is you're going to go in and win every appraisal that you go to what's the point of going if i don't have that mindset brilliant so where did you get that winning mindset from um i've never been a quitter um i've all at school i've always wanted to have the gold star um in sports day i've always wanted to be one of the to finish first i was normally second but you know um, but I kept on trying to be first. Um, I've always wanted to have the grade A. Um, I always remember a teacher always giving me a B and me asking what I did to get an A. And she told me, I will never, ever, ever give you an A because when I do, you'll stop trying. And she said, but you'll get one one day. She said, but when, once you've got it, you'll know. And the A was in the exam. And she said, that's when it matters. Okay. Um, so... You know, um, to give an example, my driving test, it took me six goes. My dad said, do you want to give in? And I said, no, I'll keep on going. So I just got a Saturday job to help fund it. Because my parents gave in and paying for all the lessons. Um, but yeah, um, John, John pushes me. He has that very high expectations. You know, um, it's perceived as it's my job. Although I did get a thank you and a, I mentioned the company memo um, for for last month because I had a record month, and obviously it's a very new thing doing it virtually, even though we're doing it since March. So you know that's a hell of a lot of market appraisals you've done in one month. How do you cope mentally then with all of this? Because it must be um, pretty stressful. And how do you and how do you prepare for eighty appraisals? Um. I, I start my morning, my work morning probably starts between eight and half past. Um, my first appointment is always 10 o'clock. I won't do an appointment before 10 o'clock unless somebody is really desperate and they cannot do any other time. And the, the team have to run that by me first. Um, so I have my prep in the morning um, or the night before sometimes sat on the sofa, depending as to how busy my day is looking. Um, and that's my home search reports. Um, to give an example, I've got a pad, so I've got my name, my client, what they paid for it, I write on my key points and the square footages. Um, and then I'm making my notes as obviously we go around. Um, in front of me, I know what everybody's paid for things. My home search report really has helped lots. 
Um, obviously, it used to be right move plus beforehand, but I do like to be prepped and organised. I like to know that the house down the road's up for sale or the one round the corner has got a pink bathroom suite and you've got a white one. So I will look to see what I'm competing against and just make little keynotes. And then by dropping into conversation, yeah, but that one's got the pink bathroom suite, hasn't it? They go, how do you know that? It's my job to know it. That's all I say, it's my job to know it. And that, so, that works for me. So, you're, you know, you've just shared something there that's massive. So whether you're watching now or whether you're on uh, watching on replay, how important it research is you know and demonstrating that you know you know as as we always know a property is not sold in isolation it's sold in competition so you need to know what your competition is selling and to go into as you know the small detail as to well that's got a pink bathroom you know that to me would impress me as a potential vendor thinking okay this is what i want i want somebody who's going to sell my property because they know what i'm competing against absolutely love that michelle absolutely brilliant Thank you for sharing that. Um, your content, I think, is exceptional. It's absolutely phenomenal. I love how you go out and you help your, whether it's landlords, whether it's your vendors, whether it's your tenants, whether your purchasers. And you've got so much content, whether it's for blogs that you write, um, whether it's for e-guides that you send out on Facebook. Um, what made you decide to be such um an amazing content writer and and go out and actually help your customers which you do in an amazing way there was there was a couple of things one you've got to bear in your mind i'm from an advertising and marketing background and the style of newspaper adverts where state agents put adverts on pages bored living daylight out of me to the point it also bored me doing my own advert so that, that was that was number one, that we needed to change that. But at the time then it was called editorials rather than blogging. So I was already doing bits there. And then I met Andrea um, from Citrus Content on Twitter. Um, at the time, Andrea was Right Move Addict. And somehow over Twitter, a very good friendship formed. Um, to the point now we have met personally a few times and things. Um, She's and, lovely, Andrea. Lovely, lovely lady. Yeah, Andrea. Andrea's the best. So Andrea had a Twitter handle called Right Move Addict, and a blog called Trying to Balance the Madness. Um, and she discovered that I lived in a huff house. Um, and she mm. wanted me to write an article about huff houses, living in a huff house, the build of a huff house, and well, she called it a blog. And I was like, "What's a blog? I've never written a blog." And basically, she taught me through what to do. Um, and I did it for her. Um, and then she said to me about, I should do more blogs. Um, and I could use blogs in business. And a conversation, it took a little while to realize that a blog and an editorial was the same thing. And Andrea helped me, give me the idea of putting these blogs into a newspaper advert. And then it came then a matter of, you know, because at this point I have a Facebook account, business page. Um, I got a WordPress blog site, uh, which I think back then was called the Diary of an Estate Agent or Day in the Life of an Estate Agent or something like that. Um, and once I've got some content built on there, 
it was then decided somehow, I think it was the Property Jungle's idea to actually build it into the website. And then people, we got a Facebook page and we started putting our blogs on there and in the newspaper. But people from the newspaper came to us because of the blogs. And we discovered that actually the blogs, the paper did more than the actual properties we were selling. So we decided to have two blogs with centre pages, blog left side, blog right side, properties in the middle. Um, and it, it just went from there. And then it sort of got tidied up and a bit more organised. Um, I did Andrea's blogging course to learn that, you know, there's a story and to tell the story. And there's a middle, a beginning, a middle and an end and a call to action. Um, and I just found that I enjoyed it. Brilliant. So I'm just writing notes. Um, yeah. So, oh God, there's loads of things. So do you still think or do you still actually um, do these blogs for papers? Is there still a market for it? And is, is that something they're still doing? You know, I know we're going to talk in a minute um, again, starting off how your fear of video was overcome. <laughs> and, that, and, and, and now we can't stop you. You're absolutely everywhere. <laughs> um but is there you know should agents now be going to their local newspapers and instead of putting papers in if um properties in if some of them do i'm not sure they're that, that many that do but giving newspapers local property um news which okay. to me is news i would want to know what's going on in my area but to, I'm, i mean i haven't seen a local paper through my door for i can't even remember now well, this is the this is the sad thing. I've actually I've I'm not going to say I've cried over. I've, I've shed a, I've shed a little tear in the bathtub because the property guide was my baby. You know, um, I was brought across from the Yorkshire Post to build it up. Um, but back then there was no thing as right move, and the newspaper locally sold twenty eight thousand copies, and I've watched it slide and slide and slide. Now at last say last check at my last proper check. It was down to about thirteen thousand copies, and my newspaper cost had come down, so it was it was worth it to me, if only from a branding perspective. But then during lockdown, the sales of our paper have dropped to just over two thousand, and they they haven't increased. Um, they've laid off my property guide manager, who I'm good friends with, and it's it's not feeling right for me at the moment. So I've not gone back in. Um, where I have, what I'm doing instead, I'm not saying I won't go back in ever. It's just a, a feeling at the moment, and it hurts there because it was my baby, uh, and I feel like I'm hanging it, you know. And, um, despite the fact I've gone 19 years, um, but at the moment I'm spending the budget on Facebook marketing. Okay, so let's talk about Facebook. Okay. And let's talk about videos. So you. <laughs> What got you into so Andrea got you into blogging, which was fantastic. Yes. So well done. And I'm sure somebody's now gonna get a big mention who got you into who got you into videos. Um but um just like my first video and most probably my last videos are not very not very good. Um you have from somebody who was incredibly shy has just been unbelievable your journey just watching your journey has been absolutely amazing and the content that you put out on facebook and actually one of the things i picked up earlier which you said about the blog which was a call to action 
so you know on your facebook ads or the facebook stuff you put there's always call to actions you know you give loads of fantastic e-guides um but let's just start with how did you you know for people on here and i know zoe's watching and zoe again you know has transformed herself into now you can't get her off video <laughs> as well and jim parker who's watching jim who must be on his 150th day of daily walks telling everybody with what's going on and you know and i can see what you know the impact that's making and also starting to have an impact in his business because other people now are seeing the success and the results that jim get you get zoe get and thinking well you know if they're getting these results you know i'm going to do it as well which is fantastic and for me facebook and video is such an easy way to get your name get your brand out there incredibly um incredibly quickly there you go zoe people like michelle inspired me thank you thank zoe. you come on let's give michelle some more loving <laughs> she needs some more hearts and likes come on okay so so, so overcoming video to start off with so video of course i mean we joined obviously landlord farming and um we were using those articles and chris and the video guys came up to manchester um it was the same course that luke went on and morris and we booked two places and john has always been with me saying that i should share the training rather than hog it for myself because i, I just love training courses you know um if it's a train, training course tomorrow in brick lane going i'll sign up yeah teach me how to do it um but this one i was like yeah you're right i should share this love around you know yeah quite happy to send josh and darren not a problem at all yes i'm out of it um and the, the, the guys did really really well um and i said by the fact that they're doing really really well i think they should run with that and make it their baby um and i kept finding the excuses and finding the excuses and one of my big excuses was i'm a territorial person can't help it this is my pen. These are my earpods. That is my microphone. Don't you dare. I have my own personal stuff. Okay. Um, and that's because if it gets in a knot, it's my knot. Otherwise, I'm going to get really annoyed at somebody else. So I use this territorial excuse, which I'm known for, um, to say that I couldn't possibly share a tripod or share a phone or share a microphone. I'll, I'll kill you all. You don't want me doing that. Um, and they all agreed. Um, so I came back one day to find I got my own equipment bought. And I was like, help. Um, so that was that. Chris gave me a few home truths, literally. Um, I was having a bit of an issue, which I won't go into here today because it will just go on forever. Um, and Chris basically gave me therapy um, and then slapped me on the face with a great big wet fish and told me to get on with it and he said come back to me at the end of the day with your first video that was in the morning it literally took all day because i kept recording and filming and filming and filming because i didn't like how it looks so i put more makeup on and changed my lipstick then i stuttered because when i get nervous i stutter um but you know i did a video and it was a selling tip video i think it's somewhere on youtube buried somewhere um but people watched it I even got a few comments on it and I actually got an instruction from it and that was the big change and they basically gave me a time guide to do my next one and after a while it just became 
I don't know, it just became part of the, the routine. Second nature. Yeah. And now we can't stop you. <laughs> Look at you. So um, I also, you know, obviously, I'm, sh I'm sure you haven't been able to do them, um, but the sofa, the weekly Saturday morning sofa chats um, about yeah. what was happening in your area, you know, that was great. And also what I do like, and one of the words we actually discussed this yesterday, um, my favourite C word. Consistency. Consistency. So what I love um, about you, Michelle, is how consistent and how you do everything. You know, so um, whether it's every month, I know that I'm going to see a market wrap on particular postcodes in Lancaster, you yeah. know, and, and and what that consistency does, it's, you know, people know that they're going to see something. They know they're going to see the brand and, and people are curious. They want to know what's going on in this area. And you are the Google of Lancaster and Morecambe telling everybody exactly what's going on. So how's that? How's that impacted for business then with all these market wraps? Market wraps are a big, a big generator of valuations. Um, I've had four through this morning from that. So the the, the market wrap, I have a, I have a format. Um, so if you looked back over various market wraps, you can quite quickly identify the format that I take. Uh, it just makes it easy for me to do everything and slot bits into place. Um, it's scheduled um, for the first of the month because obviously right move closes its day it overnight updates the figures so I know that everything's there um, and on the first that is a non-negotiable time block for me whether it's in the working day or in my own personal time in an evening to get that done um, it then gets put onto the website um, onto Facebook onto LinkedIn um, and Google I actually do very well from Google from it, where people obviously are Googling estate agents. Um, it then gets sent out to the database of people. So every single market appraisal that I've done um, gets a copy of that value of that. Um, my video email is segmented. So I've got the 2019 people and then the 2020s are segmented into, into quarters. So I can see exactly then in which segment who's opening it, how many times they're opening it, and the interest they've got on it, and what they click on. Um, and then, of course, I can then follow up from that. Okay. Um, am I allowed to ask what system that is that you're using? Bomb bomb. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Okay. Um, E-guides. So you talked about Facebook and you talk about e-guides. From your point of view, you know, what do you see the benefit as Facebook now? Okay, so I'm of the Paul Long Facebook school, as I call it. Um, I have one-to-one -one training with Paul on Facebook and I've done for at least 18 months. Um, whenever Joe Ryan joined, if Joe's watching at all, um, basically I just copied Joe because um, Joe's also been an inspiration back in my early Twitter days and with help and guide for things. So if Joe, good enough for Joe, good enough for me. Um, she, did the, she did the legwork and the research I just followed. Um, <laughs> and, and, Joe, and Joe's lovely. She is. So um, obviously our Facebook marketing is very different because our markets are very different. And one of the things talking to Paul Long was, so when I joined with Paul, Paul said the great thing with me was I had all the content because a lot of the issues that he was having with people wanting to learn Facebook was they didn't have the content to share via Facebook. Luckily, I had that. 
Um, but Paul said to me, I needed an e-guide. And I was like, how do I do one of those? Um, so basically, um, using Canva, I created an e-guide. Um, I then found um, a website, which is free, to change the cover into a 3D cover so it looks all nice and posh and fancy. And I basically used my blogs, and I still am doing. Um, so blogs that I wrote for 10 tips on your photos became how to guide for a guide. Um, I did a blog on how to sell your house with pets, and I just transformed that into an e-guide. And I call it my how-to range. And then when I've got valuations, so one this morning needed, he's a, without being rude to any men, he's a 40-year-old bloke living on his own. He really needs a girlfriend. His house looks like a 40-year-old bloke. He's even got a beer fridge. Um, so I've sent him a shopping list, e-guide, of things he needs to buy to stage his house for sale. Um, and how to prepare the house of photo we guide. Okay, brilliant. Um, and um, Andrea's just joined. And Andrea, you don't need to. And Andrea, you don't need to apologise. We've been singing your praises the whole time. But thank, thank, thanks for joining. So big shout out to Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Content. So thanks for joining us. Okay, so what be interesting is eighty market appraisals. Yep. What, what's your follow up system? Um, well, um, it can still be improved on because I could do with a bit more time. Luckily, because of everything else that we've done, a lot of the valuations, like, for instance, one that I've done this morning, um, instructed me there and then, but he bought the house when it was last year. Um, the client before was somebody who has sold his last two houses. So I'm quite lucky in the fact that I do get quite a few instructions there and then, but those that don't, um, I, have, I call it the tick book. So I list everything in the book for the week and my columns, I tick it when I've got it. And when the gaps are, I know that's where I'm following up. Um, I then follow up in different ways. So the main way is, I can't share it. It's a secret. It's your secret. The magic, the magic question. The magic question. Okay. So yeah, so okay, I'll, I can share the other way. So number one way, it's not my secret to share, is the magic question. Okay, so if you are watching this, whether on replay or now, and you like to know what the magic question is, you're very welcome to call me tomorrow morning between 7.45 and 9 o'clock, and I will be walking, and I will share that magic question with you. So let's see if people actually watch <laughs> and listen. That's a big test now. Yeah. And if you give me loads more likes and shares and share it, maybe I'll let you know a bit later today. Depends who likes it and shares it. If you all like it and share it, then <laughs> I will do it. Cheryl, you can give me a call a bit later and I'll tell you what the answer is. Um, it's so, just one yeah. simple line and that's it. But it works for Michelle, it's made a big difference. Yeah, so the magic question I do by telephone. Since I've done virtual worlds via WhatsApp, I can just quickly send a, a WhatsApp message the magic question um i can email use that magic question um so yes yeah, so i do it those ways and then i also follow up using the market reports because they go into my follow-up system and i'm also a data loft client so they're individual postcode sheets um double-sided halfway through the month so because my market reports on the first so halfway through the month 
I've got the data loss sheet just for like LA14 or LA15. I'll send the right one to them. Um, normally via WhatsApp, so I can see that they've opened it. Um, and via WhatsApp, people seem to be a lot more chatty, like, cheers, thanks, be in touch soon. So that, that works really well. Okay, and you met, and you mentioned their data loft. So what mm -hmm. what are you using with data loft? Oh, data loft, data loft is my is my is my little love. Um, so I met I met data loft a while ago. Um, didn't use them initially because we've got other things we were doing, and there was a lap over. Um, but Josh really really wanted to go with data loft, um, and I needed to have more buy in from the team. If that makes sense. Because obviously, with what we were planning with marketing, if your teams had the idea, therefore they bought into the idea, it's not something you're imposing on them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Josh was pushing data loft, um, and it kind of became his baby um, to the point of when we signed up, it was it was a December, and I was going away and holding two day two days time. So Josh um, and a couple of the team had the training. And then Josh said to me, I was in the States, um, I've had a really, really great idea, kind of put together an idea for what I think should be our marketing plan for 2020. I was on holiday, get on with it, you know. <laughs> Josh, if you're watching, sorry. Um, and Josh came up with um, a plan for a year. Yep. All my topics, what I'm doing monthly, what I'm doing quarterly. Um, my daily amenities, my population profile, my changing laws, maintenance topics, investment topics, local area topics, landlord topics, recreational marketing, regular marketing, you name it, it's on there. And he sent me that on holiday and said, um, um, this is what we're doing. What do you think? Even we designed a logo for me, which we've not used as much as we should do, but that comes in with our office move. So JDG. So rather than sales and lettings, it says JDG investment, JDG tenant tips, JDG local, JDG landlords. And that's that's my Bible. Brilliant. Um, so because obviously they came up with it between them, um, that's the team's thing. Um, at the moment, because Josh is really busy in lettings and with the COVID situation, um, I'm now leading that at the moment, but once we've back in place in the new office, then Josh will be back at 50-50 with me on it. Brilliant. So a couple of questions for you because I'm conscious of your time. So, and I'm really grateful. Um, so um, question, can I have your thoughts over boosting against organic and how to improve organic reach live against normal video content? And also, if it's okay, um, whether, whether it's actually still okay to ask for like and share in text body of a post. So please like and share, like and <laughs> share, like and share. Go to Stephen J. Brown Consultancy on yes. YouTube, subscribe. Go okay. to SJB Consultancy on Facebook, like it, share it with all your friends. Okay, I've just asked, yeah. especially for you, Chris. Like, like and share, um, absolutely great. The only time you shouldn't do it is in a competition where the if the competition is, if you like it, then you're entered and share it because Facebook hate that and you can get blacklisted for it or something similar. 
Um, but yes, um, lots of ask people to like and share your post. Yeah, they will or they won't. If they do, result job done. Um, boosting over Facebook ads. Um, so Paul Long's favourite question, <laughs> answered by me. Um, Facebook adverts, obviously, you are going to be targeting much, much better. And 90% of my posts are via Facebook adverts with very, very um, carefully crafted campaigns based upon location, age range, and also what they've done on my website previously. So, for instance, um, everybody who clicks on my valuation page on the website would then get haunted on Facebook with an advert. Um, everybody who I value, I import their email address into Facebook and there's an advert that follows up to them so we can see how active on Facebook we are. Um, but there are occasions where I do boost. Um, sometimes it's laziness, which is the wrong reason to do it. So laziness is I haven't got my MacBook with me on holiday, I've just got my phone um, and I want to boost a post of a property that's for sale. Uh, I'm not doing it to get buyers, I'm doing it to get vendors. Um, so in that instance, I would put a pin um, on where that house is. So I'd zoom in on Facebook boosting with a map. So I'm just gonna boost it, I'm still gonna do some bits. So I'll take an area, which is generally about a mile radius of that house, a circle. Um, I'll change the age range to maybe 28 upwards. Um, and I'll, I'll stick three quid behind it. And that's just to tell that area there's a house for sale in your area, JDG. Um, I'll do that with things that I think are going to prove very, very popular because I want them to click on it and go, oh, my God, it's sold already. Um, because if they are what I'm looking for, a vendor, that kind of gives social confirmation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, in Facebook adverts, I have carousels, which I update every week of all my new properties. So Facebook allows nine in a carousel. So I'll put nine properties, which are all new this week. Um, and of course, when they click it, it goes to, back to the website. And then from there, the retargets for other things. Um, and yes, I've got one which captures my applicants and people who've done behavior and right move in the past 90 days. I've got one which captured a cold audience. So that is just literally trying to go fishing for people. And then I've got one which is a very warm audience um, where I'm trying to really attract vendors with that carousel to say, this is how I market your home. Brilliant, um, thank you. And yeah, click-through rates on those are anywhere between one pence to two pence, depending as to which audience it is. Wow, amazing. Can see why nobody advertises in the newspaper now. Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. Lovely, um, you know, some lovely comments you're getting. Zoe, amazing. What a great team you have. Chris thank Stevens, you. love it. Magda, you're truly amazing, Michelle. Oh, so, um, some amazing, amazing comments. So, um, final question for you then. Um, yep. You touched on something before and you said one of the things that's non-negotiable is obviously first of a month you do your market wrap. Yes. Um, what other non-negotiables do you and your team have? Um, for me, um, my first appointment of the day is 10 o'clock because every, mo every morning, so even if somebody didn't book by 10 o'clock, say I have no appointments in the afternoon, in the morning between start of business till quarter to 10 
I have to make sure my research is done. So if that appointment suddenly gets moved earlier for any reason, or the day gets taken away with clients wanting me, emails coming I've got to deal with, I know when I go to that appointment or whether it's virtually or for real, my work, my work is done. Um, I also have monthly focuses on areas. So I know, for instance, on a Friday, this post is going to go out. On a Thursday, that post is going to go out. So I have to plan that in, into my, my week and my routine. Um, in an evening, um, a non-negotiable for me, generally between half five and six, is to do my coming soon post on Facebook. So the photographs, the guides have taken during the day, I'll download a favourite from each one and just create a coming soon post. Um, I'm quite routinal. I know it's a bit boring, but I do things in a certain way. Do you have a checklist for everything? Not necessarily written down checklist, but I have a daily job list. So um, I always have three things that I have to do today. Because otherwise, if, even if they don't list a house, then at least my day's been worthwhile. You know, there's nothing worse than going home. At the moment, going home is from my from my kitchen. Um, literally, you know, my, my hours commute's gone down to like 30 seconds. But there is nothing worse than feeling, what was the point of me today? I, I, I've had those days. I've walked home with John up to, up to the car park and gone, I really do not know what even the point of me today was. If I turned up at work, would anybody have noticed I was there? Because I felt I contributed so little. And that's the worst thing for me. Okay, so actually that's a really good point. Having an outcome of three things, you know, so that at least you feel that you've achieved something. Hmm. You know, and I, I must admit, you know, my pro productivity rate has gone up considerably in the last three weeks because I read a book um, and I've broken things down into tiny habits and I've got more done because the tiny habits have only been for 15 minutes and then I stop and go on to something else. But I feel, wow, I've done so many things, more than I would have done because I've started doing those in, in smaller, I suppose, smaller spells, which have made um, massive, massive difference to me. I also need to end a day, if that makes sense. So um, prime example is, most of my appointments now have been in the morning, so I'll, I'll try and keep them if I can early in the day. Um, not working that way at the moment of, of the volume of them, but everyone has a follow-up process. So I finish my appointment, I have to follow up um, again with my bum bum, and I've got little links and letters. And if they click that, that's going to drive drive them into a zap that does that later on. Um, but sometimes I have to go into a meeting. You know. Um, I had to go up to Kendall um, after a day's appointments, which is like an hour and a half drive from here. And I had to drive back and I hadn't done my four follow-ups. Now you could say, let's do them tomorrow, but my day starts tomorrow doing my other stuff. So for me, I was recording those at nine at night to make sure they were done, they went out, boxed off, finished. Otherwise you forget. Um, and that's then when standards start to slip. But that's just a personal thing for me. I wouldn't have slept yeah. properly had I not done them because I'd have been thinking, I've got that to do. And I don't okay. like that feeling. 
And again, you know, Jeb Blunt um, was speaking about sometimes it's just that one more, one more call, one more thing. You know, when you feel that you can't do it, you've had enough. If you've made, you know, all the phone calls and everybody have said no, and if you just make that one last call, make that one last push, you'll be amazed what you get as a result of it. Yeah, I think also I'm conscious, you know, that they say the housing market could change for the autumn months. You know, so there's an opportunity here at the moment which make hay while the sun shines, you know. Um, and if it means me having to work that little bit harder or a little bit longer to make sure we've got enough for an hour back for later on, you know, you do it. Okay. Um, so, again, just coming in, um, Tom McGee, it's a brilliant idea. I started setting out at the beginning of the week this week's very important task, which must be achieved. Um, the book is by um, BJ Fogg, F-O-G-G, and it's called Tiny Habits. So, Zoe and Magda, I will um, send you a link to it. Um, via messenger after and if anybody else wants a link to the book let me know and i will send it to you so just put um book comment in the in the in the notes or the comments and i'll get that over to you so thank you um michelle you have been an unbelievable guest um thank i could you. carry on to, i could carry on talking forever um, with you so thank you for sharing so much really grateful as i'm sure everybody else is um, watching so everybody thank you so much for watching today if you're watching it on replay thank you so much as well um take a look at michelle's um jdg's website um and some of the guides whatever you do don't nick them um but <laughs> but but you know look at them um you know, be inspired the, by them the the content is absolutely fantastic on um thursday i'm going to be joined at the same time half past um, 12 by benjamin brain who's um, a director of an agency called hannels up in derbyshire um, who's exceptional and is also one of the mentors on agents together um, so we're going to be talking about that um, as i said the offer is you know if you want to give me a call tomorrow whilst i'm walking i know dean ellis said at 750 he's going to be calling me tomorrow just to ask what that question is dean actually you've been on my courses so you should know what the question is um, if not i'm going to be in trouble um, but thank you all for watching have a excellent productive successful afternoon and i look forward to you all tuning in on um, thursday at half 12. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.